time again to profit from ERP. This time with NetItWorks Acumatica practice. Welcome to the ER Podcast. I'm your host, Gene Hammonds, Director of Profit from ERP. Profit from ERP is your first stop to an effective ERP selection process. And we're your guide to less painful ERP implementations. And eventually, we're like your digital Sherpa to guide you through to the land of total digital transformation to make your company, well, profit from ERP. And if you didn't know all of that already, well, this is episode 22 of the ER podcast, so you've obviously got some catching up to do. There's a world of information in those past episodes, so sign up and subscribe today on Apple Podcasts or or wherever you get your podcast, and do like us on Apple Podcasts, as that helps our rankings, and it helps others find profit from ERP as well. Anyway, on today's episode, we get to go behind the scenes with Net at Work, one of the nation's leading ERP and technology firms, and we're going to talk to Stuart Blumenthal, a friend of the program for 20 plus years. Although we didn't actually start the ER podcast until 24 months ago, but we've known Stuart. We've known him since the turn of the century. Back then, he was a leader in the Sage channel of accounting and ERP software, and he has not lost a step since. Net at Work has headquarters in New York as well as locations all over the country. We're going to catch up with Stuart in Dallas today. Net at Work has ERP practices in the Sage channel. They do NetSuite as well, and now Acumatica. Of course, we covered a great deal of information about Acumatica, the cloud ERP, in last week's ER podcast. So you might want to go back and take a listen to that one first if you missed it. But today, Stuart's going to talk about what it takes to make a great implementation partner for getting started with Acumatica and what it takes and how it works when you do it right. Stay tuned. After the interview, we'll get into how Profit from ERP and Stuart's Net at Work Acumatica practice works together to make sure you get everything you paid for out of your next ERP project. It's all here on today's episode of the ER Podcast, coming up right after the break. If you're looking at a new ERP for your business and you talk to anyone who's just completed an ERP implementation, it's almost universal that they'll tell you that you need to pick the right ERP software, you need the time, the budget, the devotion to the project, but most importantly, you need the right implementation partner. The folks that configure and set up the system, train and roll it out and support you afterwards. Net at Work has been an ERP and technology leader for 20 plus years. They've been the partner of record for over 6,000 clients implementing software and technology. 6,000. With offices nationwide and a reputation stretching back to 1996, they take a solution agnostic approach and have come to be known as problem solvers and promise keepers. Profit from ERP has used NetAtWork for Sage X3 evaluations, and they do NetSuite as well as other complementary technology solutions. For the NetAtWork team, it's all about making an impact and unleashing the power of their client's business. It's true. If you have a company, resources, people, years of dedication, then NetAtWork brings their combination of experience and talent and industry expertise to make it all work just a little bit better. That's the power of your company unleashed. Today's episode focuses on the Acumatica practice. 
Net at Work has the background as you'd expect. They know what it takes to manage a successful ERP practice. Adding Acumatica meant simply bringing in a different technology skill set to bear on the methodologies that were proven time and time again. NetWorks Acumatica practice leader Stuart Blumenthal is going to walk us through the ins and outs of their Acumatica efforts, how they approach projects, and I want you to I want you to listen for one thing. Stuart will say, "When you do it right." When he says that, here's what that means. He's seen other clients do it right and he's seen the outcome many times over, and that's what you want. And that's why Profit from ERP can recommend NetWorks Acumatica practice. Our job is to help you sort through all the different ERP choices. And when Acumatica is right for you, get you involved with the NetWork team. Because with a good software choice and a great implementation partner, you're headed in a great direction. And when you do it right, (laughs) well, that's where we get profit from ERP. Get it? You can get it when you work with us and a top implementation partner like NetWork. When you're ready to start looking at ERP, look at Acumatica and NetWork. Contact us at info at profitfromerp.com and we'll get you started. And we're back with Stuart Blumenthal. Now, Stuart is currently the practice leader for Acumatica for Net at Work. But a little little backstory, Stuart and I go way back. Uh, back in, in the early 2000s, we worked for... Uh, uh, the same small reseller that that uh, launched in Tempe and and eventually through mergers, acquisitions, and growth became the the largest sage reseller in the country. And Stuart was uh, heading up the consulting practice there. And f- early on, I you know Stuart was very exacting in in the way he would approach a software implementation. And, you know, he could be hard driving, but the clients, the customers just really loved his work. And from there, you know, we would go on for years and years, a lot of different organizations and, and, and things like that. Our, our, our paths diverged and crossed again and again. And, and now when we look for someone, a client that needs Acumatica, Net at Work is, is one of the top people that we recommend to, to, to come in and do that. Stuart, I mean, and the other thing, Stuart, I remember is back in those days with Sage, you were always doing speeches at the conferences and, and well-known in the channel and people had heard your name and all of that other type of thing. I mean, you were really working hard to excel uh, in that area. And I, I know you, I mean, I just know that's the way you work. So it's gone on from there. But talk a little bit about how you got to net at work with the Acumatica practice. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, uh, back in the original day, actually wrote the Sage implementation methodology and went on the road and taught it to all the partners. And I actually learned a lot while, te- while teaching those classes. Um, and one of the people that I learned met um, early on in that part was Eddie and Alex Solomon at NetWork, uh, two great guys here um, at NetWork that really had a vision for growing and a practice, growing a company, um, not just around ER, just not around ERP, but around business, around technology, and really have a great mindset. So uh, several years ago, I was talking to Eddie and Alex, and we were talking about the need to bring on additional cloud solution. Um, NetaWork does not just only Acumatica, but they do other cloud solutions. So the goal for our clients is to really help them find the right solution, not just sell one package 
and think that's going to solve everyone's business needs. So when Eddie and Alex were talking, they wanted to look at Acumatica was very important. And because of some of this, um, the unique industries that thin field service, construction, uh, does a great job of distribution, but they know they needed to make sure that it got running off the ground right. Uh, the biggest struggle with most companies nowadays is that the goal, the, one of the most difficult things about today's about bringing on a new practice is um, getting the right clients and getting great employees to do the work and getting referenceable clients. And they wanted to make sure this was done right. So I was blessed to um, be able to lead the Acumatic practice here at Network and really make a mark and make a difference on the clients um, that we have here at Network and be able to bring new clients to Network. Yeah. Well, it's something you mentioned there that I wanted to, to touch base on. I mean, over the years, I used to hate it when when I'd be with an organization that would merge or, or get acquired or like with CDC software, just file bankruptcy and go out of business. Um, I, I always thought that was such a curse. But I came to this point in my career where I had worked for Microsoft and Sage and some 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 of the Oracle work we did and and NetSuite and, and you know all of those different ones. It gives you a lot of experience and and, and cross market experience. And with you guys having different practices at Net at Work, you're not going to have to force something in where it doesn't fit. You've got other options there. You're absolutely right. It's you know if someone comes to us and says. We are interested in cloud-based product, a cloud-based offering, and we do this type of practice. We do this for a living. Distribution, great. We, a lot of our products do distribution very well. But if you take an example of a client that came to us recently and they sell it, but they also install it. They go out and they install what they sell. They're, they do office furniture. Right. Well, not a lot of products take it to the next mile. They don't do delivery or they don't do installation. And as a result, that's where it start that's where you get into the problem with third-party products. Hey, we could do this with a third-party product. We can do it with this product. All of a sudden, you've created a monster because you have third-party products and in the short term, it might meet their needs great. The long term, when we have to do an upgrade or you have integrations going on or one side decides to make a change or as you joked around, Gene, someone goes out of business, all of a sudden that throws a huge monkey wrench into the yep. environment you've created. So exactly, you've got to stay away from multiple third parties. It's good. One or two third parties, great. They solve a problem. But when you start right. putting four, five, six, and man, gosh, I remember in the old days, you would go into someone's system and they go, yeah, we have these 10 modifications. And the, <laughs> you're like, whoa, that's, those days are over. You know, we looked at, for our clients, sometimes it's, it's, it's like they're competing with SAP and Oracle type companies. And they can put in a good base ERP and then put in some operational software that they basically have the same functionality as the big boys. But now you're talking about you really need to be able to have integrators to keep those systems working together and, and all of that type of thing. So it's if it makes sense, it makes sense, but uh, it's, it's, it's not plug and play. You're absolutely correct. 
anyway, it, I, I just think it's great that you guys are able to offer a lot there. And, the, and then you've, you've been with a lot of different platforms over the years as well. So, you know, a lot of different business cases where, I mean, have you ever sat down and counted up how many projects you've been on? <laughs> I was thinking about it the other day, but it, I kind of lost track. <laughs> I know, I know. I went back and I, I had to, um, I had files from uh, past work and things like that. And I was able to pull back all of the files that I'd worked on on one year. And I said, well, if, if, if it's that many projects there times, you know, getting up to 20 years, 25 years now. Yeah, it's a lot of projects. It, it, it goes quick. It, it does. And, you know, and what I, it's funny, we were having yesterday within Net at Work, we, we, uh, we do these uh, events, get to getting to know each other really well during these times of COVID. And so we call it um, what makes me happy program. And yesterday, one of the subjects was what do you miss with COVID, you know, with the, with the way things have changed. And some of the responses are really funny, but, you know, in back of my mind, I'm thinking to myself, I miss going out to clients. I miss going into the warehouse and like right. smelling like the different, like, man, you know, like, you know, when you get into these warehouses, you can tell, you can always tell a great client by how clean their warehouse is. And it's so amazing and how organized their warehouses. But those are things that I really yeah. miss nowadays. It's like, man, I miss going out and seeing and learning and, and going, man, that's a great idea what people are doing out there. And um, that that's, it's funny. That's one of the things I truly miss in the last six months is not going out and visiting clients like I, clients and prospects like we used to. I know. I, I remember, you know, you could talk to a client for months on the telephone and walk through their operations in one day. And all of a sudden you're going, Oh, oh, that's what they mean. That's what they mean. And the other, you know, the other thing that, that I don't think people understand is you can go into a dozen different businesses and they'll use the same term and each one of them means something different with it. You know, that, that's just what they call it around here. They, they don't teach you that in B school. No, they do not. Not at all. <laughs> well, let's talk about the net at work practice. I've loved Acumatica for a long time. The technology is really good, right? Um, early days, it was very tough to find the right partners. And we would bring Acumatica into a software evaluation. And, it, you know, it, it would be a very tough demo. And, it, and I finally realized that it was a bunch of new companies. And, and if you're very successful with a specific ERP product, if you've got a successful practice going, you're not going to dump that and jump onto a brand new product that came out and, and start working from there. So that kind of takes all the successful teams out in the very early days. And Acumatica, like I think they launched in, in 2008. So there was a few years there that that... Great product, great technology, really tough to get clients to, to buy into it. So I want to know about, let's, let's talk about your practice. You know, what have you put together? How have you guys approached it? Um, Acumatica has gotten a lot more mature in their feature set. Great product. Tell us about your practice. Thank you. So at work, we really went in finding the best team possible and with people in the industry that have been in the industry for a long time. So um, such as our consulting manager, Lisa, um, Lisa has done, has been doing, she's been net of work for over a decade, but she also understands ERP 
consulting. And so by making sure the consulting is done right, really important. We've also brought on some amazing consultants like John, who um, he's been doing this. He was with a um, prior partner and just had a great understanding of Acumatica, had a great understanding of project management. And so as a result, by bringing people on with those years, I mean, and not just one, two, three, we're talking, John is eight years um, in Acumatica, so he truly understands the, the, the great aspects of the product. Um, another thing that we did that was really strategic is uh, it, it, there's two things. Uh, one is that we, uh, we acquired Southeast Computers um, down in Florida. Uh, Sonia and Ralph, amazing, uh, amazing people. And uh, Sonia, um, just full of energy and, ra- and knowledge. And Ralph having that, um, having that Acumatica experience really allows us to, as a sales engineer, he's, a, he, he's, like, he's been in this industry as long as I have. I think we are both counting that we've been in this, you know, I've been in 27 years. I think he's been in for 25, 27 years as well. So having Ralph, who knows Acumatica from um, being their Southeast um, lead sales and um, engineer. Having him part of the team is just amazing as well. So between our consultants, between our sales engineers, uh, between um, our account managers, making sure that everyone's experienced in the product has really been been the best thing. And then coming together as the practice director, my goal is really making sure that we have the right people sitting on the right seats of the bus, making sure that our implementation methodology is standardized and making sure that our entire process is because, you know, it's like a great, you know, I, I consider us, we have the NBA all-star team. You know, I got great, I got a great consultants, like engineers, um, we've got to make sure that we're all playing in unison. And that's where making sure that we're all working together, everything from our sales process, Gene, as you mentioned before, to our implementation, to our support plans, making sure that we've got all that. And, you know, as you said, you know, a lot of times other companies pick up products, but they become silos within the organization. Right. You know, this company will pick up a product and all of a sudden, yeah, great. You know, they've, they dedicate three or four people to it, and now it's a silo. Right. For us, we really look at how do we make Acumatica a pillar within the network family so that we're all working together to support the foundation of network. And so that's really important as well. So, you know, working with our executive team, with Seth Ellerson, um, Eddie and Alex Solomon, uh, working all together together. Uh, to making sure that our team, you know, our director of professional services, Alan and Gail, our uh, uh, COO, all those people from our executive team really embracing and making sure that everyone in the organization understands why we picked up net, why we picked up Acumatica, the advantages of it, and where does it fit within the organization? Those are all important things that NetaWork does very, very well. That's a big stable of products to keep moving and everything like that. And it, and it is important to understand it's it's funny i i write for uh, a, a website that uh you know it's been over the years i've been a top erp writer and i continually get the question what's the best erp for a donut shop right and it's like i can't tell you what the best donut shop 
ERP is. It depends on how you make your donuts. You know, it depends on, is this a franchise? It depends on so many other things. I mean, you really have to learn and understand a business. What's key to this business? Are they the low cost leader in the, in the, in the market? You know, are they going to be really concerned about how they're going to cut costs in the supply chain or are they, you know, top quality and, and, and they need to deliver uh, very specific projects after the sale and all of that type of thing. So it, until you get into these businesses, you really can't understand exactly what they're going to need. And, and I mean, I, I, we keep going on and on about having the right product for it. But I got to tell you, it's it's having the right team is also important. You're absolutely right. It, it really is about the team. There is no, you know, the days of the days of a one or two person shop are really over. I mean, those are, it's very hard. It's very difficult. Um, you know, you're from a support aspect, from the technology, keeping up with technology. And, you know, that's one of the things that separates NetAware from some of the other companies out there as well is our alliance program. So between our alliance program that we, uh, that we've done very, very well with, um, we're able to help those smaller companies, um, tech resellers, be, um, leverage other things that NetaWork does. And but you're, you, you, it's all about the team. And if you're not willing to invest the time, the resources, and it's not just one or two. Re- it's not just finding a practice director and saying, "Hey, go go for it. You can, you can go do it all." It's really saying, "Hey, right. you got to go hire a." Really, so you got to hire several consultants. Um, you've got to hire, you know, and, and then if you really look at it, you have to have your application consultant. You have to have your technical consultants. You got to have your project manager. You got to have someone who's doing support because you can't be having your consultants doing support while they're talking to clients. Um, you've got to have your engineers. So it's a lot of infrastructure to bring on a practice. You know, and one of the things I noticed, and this was from the very early days, we would go into two very similar clients and we would have the same team and the same software product go in. One client would come out and, you know, they would just sing the praises of it. They would, they would be written up and in, in with, you know, case studies and, and appear on the website as, as, Hey, this is, look how great this software is. Look, look at what it did for these guys. The other ones would go, well, yeah, things are better than they used to be, but, and they couldn't really put a finger on it. And I realized a lot of that is you can have the best product. You can have the best team. You've still got to manage what goes on inside the company. And, you know, I still have yet to hit the first customer that doesn't underestimate the amount of work that it takes to go through an ERP implementation. <laughs> you know, you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of the struggles nowadays in our industry and is that there are people, there are companies that are going in and disrupt, disrupting the, the sales process and implementation process where they're underbidding the implementation services on purpose. Right. And that's really challenging. It's hard to say, Hey, this is, and in fact, we had a call yesterday. We were talking to a, a great prospect, and they said, "Hey, this other company said they can implement manufacturing for fifteen, twenty k." And we're, I'm sitting here going, 
that's unreasonable when you get into manufacturing and you go through the processes and you go through the travelers and the picks and how are you going to allocate inventory and all that fun stuff that is fun, right. by the way, um, <laughs> you, you understand, you, there's no way you're going to spend, you, you can only spend and in that case, 20,000, you're only spending maybe a hundred hours really understanding their business. And as a result, you know, the implementation is the first phase of it. And again, it is an investment, but, I, you know, Gene, you really said something really important. You know, you ask clients, you know, two to three years later, why are they not happy and, or how are they doing? They're like, oh, it's okay. If you look back at those clients and you say, how many times have you attended our, um, our free trainings on a, a monthly basis? How many times have you gone yeah. to a webinar on the newest releases that there's no charge for these things? Oh, or gone to our year-end webinar. At least go to the year-end webinar. Oh, we 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 really don't see the value in that. I those are the ones that you can elite. You know, we can really see the difference in clients over two to three years because one of the things we love to do is we as we do we do monthly Acumatica trainings. They're all online. If you go if you go out to our blog network.com slash blog and you can see all the trainings my consultants. Um, have done um, free of charge. We just did one on bank rec. It's not the most exciting subject, to be honest, but right. it, we did it, and you know we got some great questions. But the ones, the clients that don't attend those, that they don't ask the questions, and they kind of just think, okay, it's implemented. I'm not going to do anything else with it. Those are the ones that are not going to grow. And oh, gosh. Uh, what it so if, you know if someone is listening to this if the one thing i would take away is make sure you realize there's a lot of value out there and after you implement it it's continuous learning there's so much just take advantage of that free training you don't have to do every one but at least make an effort and that's that's one of the things when i go into a, a situation i i try to get my clients i say we're going to do a, a cost revenue model that, that shows what, how we're going to cut costs and increase revenue with this new ERP. And we want to make, you know, we want to come up with a dollar number there. And a lot of those things are soft costs and, and, and you know, could be uh, revenue enhancements. But if they can understand the scope of, of what's available, if they understand, hey, this could mean $7 million for us over three years if we do it right. Then all of a sudden, sending somebody to the annual conference is, isn't looked at like, oh, that's going to cost three grand to send them over there. It's looked at as we're chasing down $7 million and this is part of the deal. You know, let's go for it. And, and it, ch it changes the focus if you can do that. But it's because they're soft costs and, and because people have been burned so often in, in, with people over promising. And I never did that personally myself. You, you, you remember that from the early days story. Um, <laughs> but oh, people being over promised in the sales area and they've been burned by it. They don't know that the, these gains are possible. So it's really important for them to understand that because it changes the whole mindset going into the project. You're absolutely right. And, and I think that, you know, you know, for me, I'm a, I'm a consultant. I'm a. I'm a consultant. I'm a, a, a deep, deep at heart. And part of it is really going in and talking. When we talk to people, is talking about budgeting. You know, what is, what, how much are they going to spend on the software? But 
it, you know, and I love, I actually love when I get people asking me, what's the seven year cost of the software? Well, that's great. I mean, you've got, you can, you know, you can say, okay, Acumatica, we know is going to be this price for the next seven years because you're in a price lock for life with Acumatica and meaning that, you know, your price can't go more than 3% a year. So that, that part, that number is a really easy number with consulting services you know, the nice thing about these cloud-based solutions is that one of the numbers that comes out of it that has changed significantly is upgrades. People don't have to pay five figures anymore or maybe even six, but they don't have to spend five figures on every time there's a new release anymore. That that number has gone away right. because of the SaaS world and the way that these upgrades are now structured. So that makes it a lot easier. So they're like, oh, I'm saving money. No, again, it's a soft cost. How do I take that money and make sure that I am investing that each year into continual possible training or you knowing that you know when new releases come out, I might want to implement a new feature or just making sure that as your staff turns over that the new staff is getting the same education the original staff did on that product. And that might mean spending a day or two with a consultant, but at least budget – for those costs, you're, you're actually saving money by going to a SaaS solution. You have to use the resources to making sure that your staff is continued to be trained year after year. So put that into your budget. You know, you don't have upgrades anymore, but use the money in, in a, a constructive way. I was talking to this guy, CIO of major companies in the Phoenix area and stuff like that. And he, he, hangs around he knows a lot of other cios and and one of the things he said that was really surprising is we just never have enough budget set aside to do the project right and you know it's it's hard to determine these budgets and and determine what you're going to spend unless you know what you're going to get back out of it and if you don't have a goal for the project it's really hard to tell when you're getting there and it's really hard to tell when you miss as well you're absolutely correct gene 100 percent. and you know that that's and that's that's the other thing when when your people are going to conferences and you're you're attending that training and things like that erp is a big project and towards the end people get implementation weary and I've seen so many companies stop at the five-yard line and just say, oh, well, it doesn't really work like it did in the demo, right? And they don't achieve the goal that they were looking for. But if they've been on a webinar and they've seen other people do it, if they've been to a conference and, and heard other companies talk about how they accomplished it, then they're on that five-yard line and going, okay, we don't know how to get there just yet, but we know it can be done. We're going to keep pushing until we hit that goal. And that, that again, is a big difference maker too. You're 100% correct on that. It's, you're 100%. And, and, and again, it, it's coming up with the goals on continuous improvement. It's, I remember there was one company and you know they had a whiteboard out there. They had a whiteboard and it was all – they had all the things they were – continuously improving on within the organization and they had it broken into different areas, you know, sales improvements for their CRM, um, ERP improvements, distribution improvements. And those are the type of companies that, you know, when you set your annual goals, how do you define those things? And again, technology, the great thing about technology 
is that it's 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 allowing us to do our business our business better. You know, it, you know, think about it. You know, ten years ago, we you know used to take expense. You, know, you had there was only a couple products out there to do expense reports, and nowadays, wow. man, I can do my expense report on my phone. You know, I could take a picture of it. Usually, you know, you do it at night when you're in the hotel room, but you can you can take the pictures while you're traveling, submit those. Those go into your ERP immediately now. And the best thing is they're OCR'd. You don't even have to like type in half the stuff anymore. It says, okay, great, you're at the uh, HMS in Phoenix, Arizona. Yep. Here's the amount of your uh, your uh, your your what you call restaurant tab, and you just put in, okay, I was uh, traveling from this client to this client. Here's the project ID, and voila, you've now submitted your expenses um, basically in real time. And so those are things that people are not leveraging. And, and, and it, you know, just even another one, like, pay, you know, AP automation, those are things that, you know, those are things that are huge money savings events and storage, get rid of all the file storage, put it all within, the, the, within your system. And again, so technology is allowing you to leverage this. But again, you're right, companies get to the five-yard line. They, they might go live, but then at that point, they never continuously improve. And the ones that continuously improve, they're the ones that are going to be around in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, continuously improving. One of the things that we're really trying to stress to our clients right now is your business is always transforming. I mean, you started out, you made a great donut and your friend said, this is great. And, and you started making some donuts on the side and, and then it becomes a franchise and then it becomes a, a big thing and you haven't touched a donut in 10 years, but you know, it's huge, right? So you, when you look, look at ERP coming in, it's a big transition point. I, I mean, even if you're coming from a smaller ERP into something like Acumatica, but now there's so many things, just like you talked about the expense reports there. Those are things that we envisioned back in 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 the the 90s and and but we never really accomplished they always talked about back then they talked about it was the paperless office and now they call it digital transformation or whatever but the 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 the, the whole thing is now we're able to do these things and the other side of that is if you're not doing it if you're not doing it there is some kid in Silicon Valley that is playing with all these technologies that is ready to step into your market space and, you know, Uber your entire taxi service out of existence, right? So it's, it's, it's not just an offense, it's, it's a defensive posture that we need to keep these systems moving forward. You're absolutely, you're, you're correct. And it's funny because if you really look at where, you know, that young kid in Silicon Valley, what I always joke about is that look at where the people, the people that are making the decisions now, it's funny. They're the people that are making the decisions. They're in their, they're in that younger generation and they want, they, this is what they expect out of the software. And so that, so I, I think what we're going to see as companies continue to, you know, look for new ERP is that the people that are looking at it, they, the tech, you know, the, that next generation that are in the manager roles now in that 30, 30, 30 year old generation, they're expecting the systems to have all of these features out of the box. Um, and, and that's really the interesting things nowadays. That's important too, because those are the guys that are going to keep their companies on the cutting edge and 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 stay in business and and all of that other type of thing. I mean, it, I look at it these days. 
they, they come out with new products and, and I, I, I look at them for 20 minutes and I go, ah, I don't see how that would have worked. Meanwhile, there's five kids in, in uh, office building down in Tempe and I walk into their office. They're going, oh yeah, this is the greatest stuff. We use it all the time. Everybody loves it. And I'm going, how did I miss that? How did I miss that? And I call it the gamification of, of, of business software. They sit down and play with it until they master it, and then it becomes a great tool for them. And we need to understand that our people might not be taking that same approach. So we've got to kind of force the issue, do this continuous learning and things like that. One other thing, I'm the, I'm the inside software consultant, the business consultant, I guess, for ERP. And people look at that and they go, oh, that's an additional cost. Well, I tell you what, if I can get in there and I can get your team watching these training videos before, Stuart, your consultants come through the door and start talking about that, we're going to be so far ahead of the game that it's going to take less hours to implement this system and it's going to save money overall. So people have to take a holistic look of how are we going to approach this technology? How are we going to continuously approve with this technology? And how are we going to do it cost effectively? You're you're 100% on. And, and I think the days that where we would send out a consultant and we would just, you know, the days that you send out a consulting, you just start doing consulting are really over. Uh, it's really going into our implementation, our process of going out and doing a business process review, making sure we understand everything, having them show us their, their processes, but then watching the educational videos because, you know, nowadays avoiding a check is pretty darn easy. You don't, you don't have to sit there and have a whole training session on check printing, utilize the consultants for what they really should be, which is consultants, not personal trainers that you're paying an exorbitant amount of money to and that changes the entire process so if you do a business process review understand the business guide them to the right videos and making sure that they, you know the client is watching those videos on how to do projects or how to do ap entry or um, those type of things and then we get into the actual setup uh, and the day-to-day -day processes and documenting those day-to-day -day processes. So those those are manuals, or not even manuals, man. You know, those are documents, online documents that are built either into the software or they're up there on their on their OneDrive or Share uh, SharePoint. That allows people to really um, allow their companies to continue to grow, and that's so important. Right, right. Well, let's talk about some of your recent Acumatica customers and, and, and people that have had good experiences and challenges and, and, and things like that. Um, where does Acumatica fit best, in, in your opinion? I mean, I, I, that's really hard to say because there can be some smaller companies that have huge transactional uh, traffic, and there can be very big companies that are very simple. But in general, you know, who's the best, who's the best candidate to be looking at Acumatica? You know, if you hit one of the key words right there, which was huge transactions. And what we find is that, you know, a lot of companies out there, they still use QuickBooks. And they use products like QuickBooks Online. I think those are great products for entry-level systems. If I was to start up my own business... And I didn't have ERP as a back, you know, software available to me. QuickBooks, QuickBooks Online are definitely going to be the great products. But 
that's where when you start getting into a lot of transactions, if you start getting into a lot of reports, that's where everything starts falling apart. So for us, one of the key areas, so we, 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 we have clients that are coming from multiple areas. One of them is those clients that have outgrown QuickBooks um, and just based upon their transaction volume um, or advanced functions, you know, again, and I, I do rec, I do applaud into it and how much they really um, put back into the product, you know, their continuous improvement. But there are things that, you know, hey, ability to customize screens, create unlimited user defined fields, create your own tables, all those things that are really fun, exciting, um, that makes, you know, those are the things that they, those products can't do. And that's why, again, you go to a mid-market ERP. The other two areas is interesting. One of them is that we've seen a lot of companies over the years buy a product that's maybe too big for them. Um, but that's because at back then, back in those days, that was the only thing that could do what they wanted to do. And right. they spent a lot of money. I remember one company that, you know, they had Oracle and they, their, their price tag per year, you know, was way, way too high for their budget, but it did what they needed to do. Nowadays, the mid-market products can do a lot more at a better price. And again, what, you know, one of the things that makes Hackymatica a little different than other ones is they don't even care how many users you have in the system. It's all based upon consumptions or number of transactions. So, um, Acumatica, you know, again, from a pricing aspect, but even, you know, some of these bigger companies can jump down to these smaller companies now because, again, because of the technology and the database and all that fun stuff. The, the last area is that because of COVID and because of the – I think it's interesting. If you look at a graph of where people were going in the cloud arena, and I had a – chart that before COVID hit and it was showing what what platforms were going to the cloud and the number one product going to the cloud was um, HR uh, HRMS you know the one of the top products out there and another one was CRM obviously with Salesforce and Microsoft CRM um, they are always those are cloud-based products nowadays um, ERP was always that la huge lagger we're, we'll get to it accountants don't like change and accountants don't like risk. And, and we don't want to do that. We don't want to go to the cloud. Well, all right. of a sudden, everyone's now working from home. And so as a result, you know, you've kind of seen two different variations. We've seen the companies that can take their stuff. And with our sister company, Cloud at Work, we're able to move people's, people's systems into our cloud environment. We do a great job at it. Um, but there's the other ones that said, hey, you know what? This is the time for us to invest in our infrastructure. This is the time to invest in our in our products, and we're going to go look at something that's truly cloud based instead of just moving our stuff to a hosting provider, uh, which is a great short term fix. Some companies are looking at this as a great long term opportunity right now because business is down a little bit. They've um, you know they've done the right things to secure their employees, and so as a result. Um, we're seeing interest and people changing into a true cloud solution at this point here um, because of COVID. And they can run. doesn't make a difference if they're running from uh, working from the office with their mask on uh, or if they're working in the uh, working from home or as you're now seeing people are doing these RV trips um, across the United States. Um, you know, it doesn't make a difference where you're located. 
the security is there to, and really the dual, the dual levels of security are there to make sure that people are, you know, the right people are logging in. And that's, that's probably the third area that we're seeing people migrate right now to. So between people outgrowing their account, their current systems, people that bought the wrong system originally bought too big. And now there's people that really want to invest in their infrastructure. Um, those are the key aspects. So I'm, I'm seeing, uh, a little bit different there. I, I, I work with this guy that's a, a, a virtual CIO and he works with companies that are in the SAP world and things like that. COVID hit, they need to shift. It would take millions to change their current SAP system to get to do what they need it to do for this new market they're getting into or whatever. He's going in and launching, you know, mid-sized cloud ERP for those people running it in parallel to SAP you know, a, a, a <laughs> tiny fraction of the cost that it would have cost. And you know, what he's saying is that footprint is going to grow as more and more of the company gets on this lighter, more nimble cloud system and can do more with it. it they'll probably still have the, the, the major SAP systems because they they've got global reach and things like that. But there's a lot of flexibility there. And right now, flexibility and resilience, is that, that, that the way the resilience? <laughs> the ability to react to different market conditions is very important with COVID right now. And companies don't know what their markets are going to be six months, 12 months from now. They need to build in that flexibility. So we see the, you know, the mid-sized companies saying, hey, you know, our ERP systems were good enough before, but COVID hit and we found out good enough is no longer good enough. And then you've got the big companies who are going, hey, we need some flexibility. We need some room to move. So they're they're coming downscale on that. Um, you know, land of costs, like, you know, the, the understanding what the true costs of these things are. So, you know, these are things that are built into the mid-market products. So like I can track our landed costs coming in because tariffs and stuff like that are all things that we have all been now having to deal with more and more as we continue to do business in a, in a different world nowadays. So I'm at the supply chain um, conference in, in Vegas a few years back or whatever. And they, there was a lady there from Walmart and she talks about how the more concentrated versions of Tide that you use less in the, in the, in the washing machines came out. All of a sudden, that meant that they were moving less water and more product across the country in their trucks. It meant more concentrated power on, on the shelf so they didn't have to have as big a shelf to, to hold a, a large... And they're looking at the costs of each one of these things, right? We don't even think about that. And if you're competing with Walmart and they've got numbers down to that level, you really need good analytics to understand the cost of your business. And if you can't even do landed costs, what the heck? You know, that, I mean, it's just not fair. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, I remember one client, it was, it, to this day, they, they, sold this, they sold this widget to a school, to schools, and when we got down to it, they were actually losing money on everyone they sold. And they're like, we could not figure this out until we truly looked at the land of cost. And, and again, it took them really using a mid-market ERP system that had land of cost that says, okay, great. 
you know, here's your, here's your freight, here's your tariffs, here's all the things that you, that here's the cost of getting those goods to inventory. And now here's the cost of selling those. And, and again, one of the things that we look at is like a lot of these other systems that's interesting is that, you know, we used to joke around, okay, great. You can put the freight at the top level and say, okay, here, I'm going to do a purchase order. It's going to be for a thousand dollars and freight's going to cost me $110 and I'm buying three or four different items in there. Most times people just go, okay, that price of that purchase order is $110 for me. And I'm the cost accountant in there. And, you know, and, and what you have to really look at is that, okay, let's allocate that, that hundred dollars of freight down to the individual components. And if there, and at that, that might actually increase the cost by let's just say one of the you know maybe increases them by twenty five dollars each. Let's say you're buying four things. Well, if your margins are low to start with, because again, if you sell to Costco or you sell to Amazon, you have to be competitive in those markets, and there's a lot of additional costs in there. Are you making money by the time you factor in? So a lot of these mid market systems they factor in the cost down to the each transaction to truly determine your profitability. And if you're not getting that right now, you're, you're going to lose when you start doing any e-commerce, you start going on Amazon, Wayfair, all that fun stuff, because that's what we're moving into is an online society that people can go out and Google the best price for a lot of things. So I want to ask you one more question here that, that um, you know, when somebody's using QuickBooks and, and things like that, when do they know that it's time to take a look at, at, at a cloud product like Acumatica. Now I, I, I had a couple of clients and I had one on cloud software and, and the other was uh, uh, still running QuickBooks. They were both pretty complex companies. One was oil field and they had a bunch of equipment all over the world. They kept hiring more people to work in their QuickBooks office and they ended up with 13 people uh, on that staff. The other company was also a $30 million company and they had six people in there. And, you know, I don't know exactly what they were paying their people, but that's about $350,000 in extra labor every year to avoid, a, a, you know, $100,000 in, in, in software one time. So, I mean, at that point, it's too late. You've already got all these people on staff and it's like, what are you going to do? You know, and, and, and when, did, when should they start looking at Acumatica? The first thing, if you really look at it, is when start listening to your staff. You know, when they're complaining, that's when you need to do it because you're you're all you're going to do is going to create more headaches for your your staff. You're going to bring on more people. You're going to have people leaving. So when your staff starts complaining that things it's taking twice as long to do something, that there's more efficient ways of doing it. Um, when you're using Excel as your primary way of doing your financial reports, or you're, you're basically working outside the system, you're, you're, before you go hire that next person, listen to your staff because, and, you know, and again, the beautiful thing is that there's been a lot of, pe a lot of people have ERP experience a lot of people have seen bigger systems and they've come down to smaller base systems. And so uh, as a result, that, that's probably one of the key things that I always tell people is listen, you know, listen to your, listen to your team. Um, you, I think you're absolutely right too, in terms of if your day-to-day -day processes are not being done efficiently, if you're spending time and it's going to take you, 
you know, I'll give you a great example. If you know it, it your sales tax is taking you, you know, the, the, the person doing sales taxes, hey, I need a week to do my sales tax reports. You know what? Before you say, well, let me go hire someone to help you out on that or, you know what, let me go see if we can get another person in the office. Stop and think, are you doing this the right way or not? Again, technology is meant to speed up your processes right. and not slow you down. So those are key aspects. If you're taking something, you know, if you really look at it, where do businesses fail? You know, where do things cost more money? Gene, you hit the number on, you hit one thing there, which is, you know, they add more employees. But the other thing that costs businesses t tons of money is simply just making mistakes I, and, 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 you know, shipping the wrong product or, um, or entering something wrong. And so if you're finding yourself that if this sounds familiar, it's time to look for another product. If you're taking that order from the website and you're manually entering it back into your ERP, you've got a problem or you have to have the, or you, when you add a product in one area, you have to add in another area. Or even better, you have the salesperson using a sales force and they're using QuickBooks and the two of them don't talk together. So every time you set up a new opportunity or a customer, you're rekeying that back into your accounting system. Just think about it. If you send put the wrong email address in there, you put the wrong put the wrong just address in there, that could lead to billing and delays. Those are you know, you're not a bank. Our clients right. are bank are not banks. You know, they need to get paid in a timely manner. If you're thinking about it when you're getting that order and if you're not entering that credit card into your system um, directly and it, I, I've been at it, I was just at a client, they're like, oh man, we've got all our cre clients' credit card numbers in this file here. And I'm like, whoa, I can't see that. But if you know, think about it, if they're entering the credit cards right then and there. And, you know, and there are people get, I think, afraid, Gene, about the price of the software. And there's a couple things to really think about. Right. One is that you know you could save money. You can actually pay for the implementation. Let's say you're doing a lot of credit cards each year, and your interest rate or your your the, the rate you're getting charged from your from your bank from your merchant is a little bit higher. You could probably I've seen clients pay for their entire ERP implementations by just changing the credit card processor. That's how much money you can save on those processes. So people get to this point of saying, hey, it's going to cost me a lot of money. I, I don't want to fork out that money. Well, in the end, they're spending tons of money on credit card fees or additional people. So you know, look at those type of things um, of how can you save money by having it all built within the system is a huge savings overall. Um, and, and, and again, just even the, the ability for – you know, like for example – Again, getting the items in the last nine months, one of the other things that has happened with COVID is, is that the supply chains have been broken. The normal ways of getting the materials. So people are having to get them faster. So are you looking at reorder points? Are you, are you expediting more of your deliveries to come in-house so you could send them out somewhere else? Think about that. If you have the right inventory and stock, if you have the right quantities – and you didn't have to overbuy and you didn't underbuy, think how much money you would save at that point. Oh, I know. And that, that QuickBooks uh, inventory module. Oh, wait, they don't have one. <laughs> hey, one last question. Um, one of the things that I've seen is that when a company is using QuickBooks, it's, it's a historic system where the people in the, the 
business office, enter, you know, usually from paper copies of invoices and things like that, all the data, they're very much in control of it. When you get into an ERP system, now you spread out to all these other departments and you're trying to capture the transactional data at the point of transaction. You know, what's going on in the warehouse? We're marking it received there and things like that. A lot of people get hesitant to turn loose of that type of control, whereas, you know, most ERP systems does have the control. You can you can check to make sure before anything posts that you've got some eyes on that data that, that's come in from another department. But do you see that same thing when you're going into a QuickBooks shop and you're saying, okay, now we're going to, you know, let this manager input this information and let that... that uh, uh, worker put in that information. Do you see that same resistance? We see some of it. I, and what I really go into is saying to them, Big Brother is watching what you're doing. We know what time you logged in. We know what you know what you know what they entered in. You can't be afraid to. You cannot be afraid to empower your employees. And you know, it's funny. I I I, I knew a company that you know, that they would monitor their, the employees' emails and, the, and, and their phone calls. And I'm like, you spend more time monitoring what they're doing than actually doing your own business. And so, trust me, we've all seen some unique things in our world today. Right. But, you know, if you think about it, let the manager get, do what the, – if they need to do an inventory transfer, do an inventory transfer. Um, if it's, something's wrong – you know, those are the type of things where you're going to start needing to look at, and this is the key word, and we haven't mentioned it, is KPIs. We haven't looked at those key performance indicators. So let people do their day-to-day work instead of waiting three, you know, three months, six months in the back to find out your inventory is completely wrong and then you're doing physical counts. Let right. the, let those empower your employees to do the inventory adjustments, but when you do it, but when you log in, count how many inventory adjustments they did that day. I mean, what a what an amazing concept that it's now real time. You know your inventory is right. Give them the power to do something that they can now. That now you can start seeing. Wait a minute, why are we doing five inventory adjustments a day on this product line? Do we have theft? Are our bill of materials right? Are is, is our unit of measurement wrong? There's so many things that can go into that instead of the fact that wait, we're going to do a physical count every three, six, or even year. It's going to take down our entire shop. It's going to take forever. In the end, we're doing a million-dollar write-off because we haven't been monitoring or managing our inventory correctly. So again, there's if you do it right, you can monitor what they're doing and empower your, your employees to let them have effective and have accurate inventory. It, just as you brought up inventory as an example, I say the same thing, you know, you know, for AP and AR, there's things, there's checks and balances. Every system, every good system has checks and balances. Acumatica definitely has those. Hey, you can't just post everything all the way through, but let's make sure that we have the person who what responsibilities they can do. Let's enter that, have someone else check it. But again, start having those measurements of within the system. And I think that's the last thing that I will say is that people forget about, you know, again, constant improvement. Think about your KPIs. Think of things that people really want to see long term that helps you drive your business. I'm going to steal. I heard this from someone else and I I agree a thousand percent behind it. You know, 
we used to, you know, people think about month end and you close out the month and it takes them 20 days to get their month end done. And at that point, they get a copy of the financials. Those financials are now 20 to 50 days out of date because it took 20 days or they missed that. If you have your stuff real time, if you have all that stuff real time in your system and you unleash the power, which we do here in Net of Work, to let your employees do their jobs and then you can start seeing those things. You have real-time financials, real-time inventory, real-time of that stuff and create those KPIs. Now you're unleashing the power of your business and really you should start seeing the real-time instead of waiting 20, 20 to 30 days after month end to find out truly where you're at. And, you know, the thing that you, thing that you said there <laughs> – if you do it right, and that's what that's what I appreciate appreciate about you, Stuart, is is you guys do things right. I, I appreciate that. That helps the clients. That helps everybody. And and you cannot put a high enough price on that. Thank you. And 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 that's where you know that's where you see the difference with net of work and really taking the right approach to understanding our clients, making sure that the sales process is. A, 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 a real sales process of understanding and making sure that we fit meet them we can meet their needs and then long term being that partner for life of uh, being there and again it's not it's a lot of people are like oh my gosh partner for life all I hear is dollars there it's really allow you know leveraging our knowledge and, and again as you said going to those we start off going back to the beginning going to those user groups those are really good for networking. Utilize your partner for networking. Utilize your partner to see what they've done with other companies in the industry. Learn. It, that's the beautiful thing about a partner is that they're there to help you throughout that journey instead of just being, hey, let's throw the system in and see you later. Bye. I don't know. I, I, you know, and it's it, when you when you talk about real digital transformation, we're talking about not rolling out an ERP system and being quote finished, but we're talking about rolling out one system after another and continuing to improve. You know, whether it's a smaller system that connects to ERP or or you know something that helps with the office and all that type of thing, it's got to be a process. It has to be a process because the world is no longer standing still. If it ever was. <laughs> 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 You're absolutely correct. All right, Stuart. Hey, I appreciate your time today. I know we got kind of deep into a lot of uh, subjects there, but uh, the people that stuck with us, they really like this kind of stuff. So um, it, they appreciate it too. Well, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. It's always good to catch up after, uh, man, again, it's been all, it, I, I love it that our, our paths keep on crossing. Absolutely. And they'll continue in the future. Thanks Amen. So much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. quite the interview and again thanks to our guest Stuart Blumenthal you know ERP projects are pretty complex there's lots of different business types and goals and even staff personalities to deal with in today's interview you were treated to a peek behind the curtain of a lot of what ERP consultants deal with in trying to make every project a roaring success so at times today's interview got kind of deep into topics we don't normally cover here at the ER podcast but in reality we barely scratched the surface of ERP implementation. It's that complex and can be confusing, especially if you've not been doing it for 20 plus years, which is why 
Profit from ERP is your go-to consultant, your first step if you're considering ERP. Selection Consulting, we match you with the different ERP products that best fit your situation, matching costs, requirements, objectives, and all along the way, getting an understanding of the business case. So you'll end up with solid goals and a tight roadmap for your project. Secondly, we're ERP agnostic, meaning we don't sell Acumatica or any other ERP. So when we recommend an ERP package, it's based solely on what's gonna work best for you, based on our experience with these packages in the past. And thirdly, we're not the expert in every industry, so we use a network of affiliated partners to step in at the right time. Acumatica is right for you and Network has the relevant experience, we'll introduce you to Stuart and bring his team in. You may also want to compare other ERP options. Again, we'll connect you with the best in those ERP brands as well. Different companies need different approaches. We don't try to be all things to all people, but we do know someone who can be all things to you. Look, whether you're looking for a team to fully manage every single aspect of your ERP selection and implementation, or maybe you just need a little direction and guidance to get started, Profit from ERP is designed to bring you the expertise you need when you need it. Contact us today at info at profitfromerp.com and remember to turn off your phone. <laughs> oh look, it's a political call. Maybe they want me to remind everybody to go vote. I don't know. I don't know. That's a good one for the outtakes reel. Well, maybe we'll leave it in. Who knows? Anyway, what I meant to say was remember, profit from ERP. Our clients make ERP pay, and you should too. See you in the next episode of the ER Podcast, if I'm not out voting. I'm your host and director of Profit from ERP, Gene Hammonds, urging you to stay profitable, my friends. <laughs>